Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Watchdogs. Hello, my name is Elliot, and you are listening to episode number 40 of the North American Waterfowler podcast. Today, I actually missed last Thursday because I had told you guys that every other Thursday I was going to have a Woody's episode, a Woody's Top 5 episode. And I have just been so ridiculously busy. I've been, I have never had a summer where I have traveled as much as I have traveled this summer. And I've been doing pretty good about keeping the content maintained and, and getting out the episodes on time here, which I'm trying to release Mondays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. But I have missed a couple recently. And like I said, I just have never traveled this much or been this busy on a, on a summer before. So that's what we've got for you today here. I want to give you a little update of what's been going on um, with me. And then we're going to do a comment of the week and we're going to end that off with a Woody's top five. This is episode number eight of Woody's. I hope that you're enjoying the Woody's. Like I said, every other Thursday, it's going to be a Woody's top five. That's my plan. So I apologize for not getting it out last week. I'll let you guys down, but I will try to do better um, in the future about that. So this summer, as soon as my summer started, we took an eight day trip down to Louisiana with Kenny and, and Tyler. And in fact, we still, we've still been eating speckled trout. We had fish tacos last night for 4th of July and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. We're still, we're not, we're not out yet. We came back with so much speckled trout from that trip. And, and I put out a video on freelance duck hunting about that trip. If you haven't seen it and there's two podcast episodes where Jake and Elijah and I talk about that experience. We got back. I was here for about a week and then I took off for Flatlander Kennels for, and the plan was when I went to Flatlander Kennels, 
which Chris Jobman runs Flatlander Kennels. He is my partner on my secondary podcast, which is all about gun dogs, gun dog training. And Chris is actually the host of that. If you have not listened to it, it's the Flatlander Kennels podcast with Chris Jobman. I just edit it, produce it, promote it. And he's, he's all the content because he is one of the most acclaimed waterfowl dog trainers in North America. So I just kind of facilitate and, and got him to do it. So I went out there because he was having a seminar on a Saturday and a Sunday where Boomtown HRC club was asked him to put this on at, at his complex. And so we were talking like, you know, that would be really fun to come out there, hang out, get a bunch of footage of the seminar and also train Georgie. So I thought that I was going to get in two or three days of training with Georgie and I, we showed up on a Tuesday and I got in a training session on Tuesday, which I hadn't expected and then got in a training session Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I didn't think I was going to get in a session, got in a session on Friday. So I was four days in a row. And then at the end of the seminar and the, sem the way the seminar worked is there was about 30 to 40, 50 people there that had signed up for this and 15 of them were able to run their dogs on a flatliner kennel grounds with the training set up. And Chris just stood back there and coached, coached the person and their dog and also talked to the audience when he saw things. And it was just an amazing, amazing informative experience. I actually didn't get to take as much of the information as I would like, because I had a camera in my hand the whole time. So I took brought Elijah with me. He had one camera. I had another camera. Um, and my job was literally just to keep the camera on Chris, Elijah was filming the dog. So like both days of the seminar, basically I'm looking through a camera at Chris. So I actually missed quite a bit of the information, but I got some amazing content, amazing content. In fact, I have not announced this publicly. Chris and I teased it a little bit on the Flatlander Kennel podcast last time that we are starting a Flatlander Kennels YouTube channel. And you can find it already. You won't see any videos there. I've got nine videos made from the time I was out there in the training. I'm still cranking. I'm not, not even done. In fact, I'm, we're going back out there. We leave tomorrow morning. We're heading back out there to get more footage because I need to. I got back and I'm just like, I, I missed this scene. I missed that scene. And so we're going back out there. But anyway, after that Saturday, Georgie ran a, uh, got another training session. And then on Sunday, after the seminar, she got another training session. And then Monday, um, she, we stayed another day, uh, cause we wanted to go trout fishing and, and we got a little tip from my buddy, Matt high prairie sportsman out there on a little Creek with some trout in it. And Elijah and I did some trout fishing. We caught five and man, we should have caught way more than five. I can tell you that. Um, we got probably 25 bites and we only caught five. We just weren't quite adept at, at hooking them. We were, uh, using quarter pieces of worms and just floating them into little holes and we get a bite and we just kind of sucked it getting it done. We, it was kind of different thing than we had done before, but anyway, that was a lot of fun. I ended up getting a training session in the afternoon on that day. And then I stuck around. I got another one on Tuesday. So it was eight days straight, which I only expected to get two or three days. And the progress Georgie made with going through these professional dog training setups where Chris Jobman is standing right behind me and coaching me on when to blow the whistle. I mean, just a myriad of things that he, that he taught me. And when we came out of there, Georgie was just in a much, much better place. Um, and I'm, I'm training her hoping my goal is to have her HRCH 
title by the end of the summer. That's hunting retriever champion. And so we've got one of our four passes and we're going to need three more. So that's the hope. But that trip was absolutely spectacular being there that long and seeing a professional dog trainer just do his thing for eight days in a row where we just sat and watched and listened invaluable experience. I can't tell you invaluable experience. Georgie grew a ton. I grew a ton and man. So we, we did that. We got home and I started processing the video, like I said, and I'm doing like one intro video for the YouTube channel where it's like, this is flatliner kennels where I do some commentary. And, and then I've got a bunch of videos from the actual coaching during the seminar and they're going to be job and coaching playlist. And then we're going to do flatliner kennel training setups where every single day, I mean, his property out there, if you know anything about um, the Oregon trail, the Oregon trail basically went right through his property and there's a bunch of landmarks. So there's chimney rock, castle rock, Scott's bluff, and the Oregon trail ran right through that, right through that section. It's clear out by Wyoming. So that's where there are. And his, his land over, um, looks at all of, you can see castle rock, chimney rock, right from his property. In fact, his property is in between those two landmarks and it is just, it is just absolutely beautiful. So the growth that Georgie and I both got from that day was, or from that whole week was just absolutely invaluable. But I got home, I started making all these videos and I was like, man, this intro video where it's going to be a little more cinematic music and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this shot. I need that shot. I need, I just like, once I got home, I realized that I needed to go back out there. And so we're actually leaving tomorrow morning and we're going back out there. And I was able to just so happens that out in Casper, Wyoming, there's an HRC dog test out there, which I hadn't planned on doing, but I was able to get in it. And so we're going to train Georgie with Chris on Thursday, get some footage on Friday, train her again, get some footage. And then we're off to Casper, Wyoming to do the two day hunt test out there and then probably come back on Monday. So it has been quite the summer of travel. I have put on over 3000 miles so far since June 1st. And this is probably going to be another good Lord. I don't know. 900 miles at least maybe a thousand so we're stacking up we are stacking up the, the the mileage this summer so um anyway ho hopefully actually when i come back the summer is not going to get any slower because golden boy is getting married my buddy aiden so the next weekend after that we go out to golden boy's wedding and then the weekend after that is another hrc hunt test up in south dakota so it's just like it's just crazy normally by now i would have done a bunch of scouting of the marshes and, and get an idea of what's growing up. And it's just been so busy. And every time I've been home, I've got to take care of home business and I've just been editing like crazy. So it has just been a whirlwind. I'm kind of looking forward to it calming down a little bit, but at the same time, uh, doing all this stuff is so much fun and working with flatliner kennels is so much fun. So it has taken a little bit of hit on my freelance duck hunting YouTube channel because I just haven't been, Really, I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. And normally by this time, I'm getting all these August videos ready. And I normally have like 15 to 20 videos that I kick out in August. I don't have a single one of those done, but that's okay. Because I think when you're, when your job is to create, um, whether it's freelancing on a YouTube channel or this podcast or my other podcast or the videos I'm making for Flatlander Kennels, it's really important for me that I do whatever I'm passionate about doing at the time. 
because when I'm trying to force myself to do things out of obligation, it's just not near as fun. It's, it's just not near as fun, not near as fulfilling. So when I got back from that trip to Flatliner Kennels, I'm just like, here we go. And I just put in hours and hours and hours on, on these videos and going over the content. And, and so that's just what I feel like doing right now. It's just what I feel like doing right now. So that's what I'm doing. So, but hopefully when I get back, I can start getting out to some of the marshes and really get an idea of what's going on. And I've been continually uh, watching the water levels, which is really, really important this time of year to watch the water levels. A lot of my scouting now that I know this area that I'm hunting so well, a lot of my scouting is just watching the lake levels because in these, in these reservoirs in Kansas, if you're hunting a lake reservoir, these are army Corps of engineer lakes and they built them sometime in the 1900s to hold and control water. And as lakes or as the rivers come into these lakes on that side, the upside of the lake where the river's coming in, that's where all your marshes are. Now, some of these marshes have been made by Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks, and some of them are just results of water in the lake backing up and making pools on it on its own. And so the ones, the, the pools that are, are created by Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks those you don't really need to watch the water level on because those are all going to be dry right now. And hopefully, normally, they're either going to be pumping them or, or planting them. Those aren't the pools that you really have to pay attention to. The pools that you really have to pay attention to are the ones that live and die off the lake levels. And so this time of year, right now, our lakes on this side of the state are about two and a half to three feet above pool. And Army Corps of Engineer, that's what they like to do. They like to keep these reservoirs at about three feet above. So we've had plenty of rain on this side of the state. And so that's where our reservoirs are at. That's actually not a good thing right now. It's, it's kind of like the, the ideal off season is the lakes stay either right about pool level or just below. And, and you've had enough, um, precipitation that smart weed is going to grow. So when you have the lake at about pool level, Normally, smart weed is smart weed is going to grow in all of these pools that are affected by lake level, just like crazy. And then, ideally, you get some really good rains late August, September, and then the lake jumps up three feet. That is absolutely the ideal scenario with these reservoirs in Kansas. And so, right now, the fact that we are let me think exactly two and a half feet almost above pool level. And we, the, the, the level we're at right now is absolutely ideal for duck hunting for all of these pools. But, and that's kind of nice to, to think of having the water at where all of your duck holes, um, again, that are not pumped and created by the state have all this great water in them right now. But when they have all this great water in them, that means there's no smart weed growing in them either. So we've got plenty of water, but honestly not ideal for getting the type of moist soil growth that you like. Now, on the other hand, that doesn't mean there won't be insects in there. That doesn't mean that the mallards won't still use it or because they will, but it's much better if there's moist soil growing in. And, and here, at least this side of the state, that moist soil is almost always going to be smart weed, but sometimes it'll be barnyard grass, which is a type of type of a millet. So a lot of the scouting that I normally do, um, I haven't had a chance to do, but just watching the lake levels, I know. I know 
my Army Corps of Engineer pools and what they're doing right now. And I, and I know that there's no vegetation growing in them. So, and that's one of the benefits of learning your hunting ground so well. Uh, if especially, especially if you're a weekend hunter, because if you're a weekend hunter, you have got to know how the water levels are going to affect the places that you know, because you may not be able to scout. If, if you don't have to work all week and you're kind of your own boss or, or you're retired or whatever, or even if, you know, sometimes college students in between their classes are have a lot better opportunity to scout. Um, if you don't have the ability to scout, then a lot of times on the weekend, you're just going to have to blind it and just go be like, well, I know this pool is good. I know it's got a lot of food. I just have to go. And so learning the area, learning the water levels, learning what the, how the water levels are going to affect the duck movement. That's something you can absolutely learn over time, but you've got to take detailed notes. You've got to look at it time and time again, because water is much more difficult to anticipate than what you would think it is. So even there's lots of trips I will take to the marsh or to the areas that I'm talking about. Um, if we get a big rain increase or if the, if it's really low, I will, especially if we get a big rain increase and the, the river flows in heavy and the lake comes up a foot, I'll typically go out and look and just to reconfirm the notes that I have. Yes. Under this specific condition when the lake level went up to exactly this here is what the water did here is where the water is um so that during the hunting season you can just go if you're a weekend hunter and that's a really really important part of being successful as a weekend hunter and if you're not a weekend hunter then it's not nearly as important for you because you have all this scouting time and uh, some areas are a lot more uh, easy to scout than others as well i mean there are places in kansas i know of that you can scout almost hundred percent from your truck. And then there are areas, especially on the Eastern side of the state where you just cannot truck scout. You have to get feet on the ground. And a lot of times you've got to get boats in the water. It's just way more difficult to do. So um, I, I definitely want to get out really. I've got a couple places in my mind. One that is brand new. I've, I've only hunted the place one time and it was a skunk hunt. I did a couple videos there from last year with golden boy and I've never killed a duck in it. And I know it's going to be phenomenal. I know it is. It didn't hold water last year, but the smart weed and barnyard grass was absolutely unbelievable how much was in there. I was just waiting, waiting, waiting to get that right rain, to get water in it. And it never did. And that place, I don't know very well yet. I just don't know it very well. So I don't hardly have any notes on it. I've made a couple trips out there. I definitely want to get my eyes on that place for sure. Um, and then there's a couple of others also that I want to, but so hopefully my summer will slow down a little bit coming up here and I can kind of start doing some of the typical thing. and my, my duck shed, which I've got uh, a shed we put out here. It fits like our boat and one vehicle if you wanted to, and it's just full of all my hunting gear it is a disaster. It's a disaster. So I've got to tackle that and get that all organized as well, which I, I love doing time-lapse videos especially on like cleaning up things and cleaning up sheds. If you, on my channel, I should make a playlist of it. I've got, I don't know, every year I kind of do one time-lapse video of me like organizing and cleaning. I just love those videos so much. So I'll be able to make one of those really, really soon. So anyway, I'm going to take a really quick break. And then when I come back, I'm going to do comment of the week. And then we'll follow that off with Woody's top five. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back. Uh, all right. We are ready to jump right in to Comment of the Week. Okay, now this comment is actually comments of the week. I've gotten a bunch of these questions over the last few months. So let me just hit them real fast. Um, South Dakota Coyote Hunter 8553 says, what camera are you using? Uh, County Line 850 says, what cameras do you use? So lots and lots of comments about cameras and people wanting to know what cameras I use. And there are quite a few people I think that are interested that to get into the self-filming game. And if you are one of those people and you are interested, I would encourage you to do it. I really, really would. It is not all that expensive of a game to get into just for fun. Now, if you want to try to build it um, and really want to try to put out some good videos, then, you know, you're going to have to put up some money for that. But if all you want is to be able to watch some of your hunts after you get home, I can help you with that very, very easily. So my advice to someone who just wants to start filming as quickly as possible is to, and depending on your budget, I'm going to start the cheapest route possible. The cheapest route possible would be for you to get an older model, a GoPro. Um, I even last year I was using a GoPro seven. So seven, eight, nine, I think they're up to GoPro 11 right now. You can get used one or refurbished ones of those that are not that expensive. Slap that thing on your forehead. And when anything exciting happens, if you tap it, it'll just turn on. You can do a quick tap, turns it on. Quick tap turns it off. So if you're simply just trying to as cheaply as possible, put together a little video for your family or friends, get that GoPro, and then just simply use your phone for commentary. Anytime you want to talk to the camera, just get out your phone, put it in your face and start talking. Uh, and if you do those things, you will have footage that is fun to look at and you will have uh, footage that's fun to share with your friends. Now, can you put a camera, uh, a video like that on YouTube? Yeah, you can. It's, you, you can do it. Is it going to be the most successful thing in the world and make you thousands of dollars? No, it's not. But YouTube videos are very strange and very fickle. Sometimes something can come up with minimal, minimal gear and it'll get 500,000 views. Sometimes videos made with high-end cameras don't do very well. YouTube is a strange animal. But again, just talking about videoing for yourself for fun. Now, if you want to take the next step beyond that, get a second GoPro. 
and get a stake and you can get a little clamp mount and put that sucker in your decoys. You can find a way to get an extended life battery where you can just turn that camera on and leave it running the whole hunt. And in fact, that's what I do um, is I always have one GoPro in my decoys. I try to put it into an angle. Now, this is if your shot selection is sloppy, this is going to be tough for you. But if you have a really tight, conservative shot selection, it's pretty easy to get birds coming into the decoys and to get video of them. So if you had a camera on your head, uh, a GoPro on your head, a GoPro on the decoys, and then you use your phone to do commentary and just use a, an editor, a cheap editor, you can get that on and put together a video that's really, really fun for you to watch. You know, I, I will, I should have probably said this at the beginning. It, if you decide you want to get into self-filming, you need to decide what your goals are. Are your goals just to make a video for yourself that's fun to for you and your buddies to watch? Or is your goal to make a video that you want a lot of people to watch, right? And and, and I do, I, th I think that that is an important um, goal to decide right off the bat. Um, so let me... Um, oh, let me add one more thing to that. If you wanted to step it up to the next level, um, you could get a shot cam, which those are about, I think, seven, $800. So if you have a GoPro on your head, GoPro on the decoys, shot cam, um, you can do pretty much a lot of stuff with, with that. Um, in fact, my buddy Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, he puts a GoPro behind him, a GoPro on, a GoPro on his head, and a shot cam. And that's pretty much every video is shot that way that, and his videos are great and they do a good job. And he's got, I don't know, 26,000 subscribers, something like that. And he's just going from shot cam to GoPros. So, and there's certainly absolutely nothing wrong with that. The shotgun shot cam is a fantastic camera. And the way a shot cam works is before you're going to shoot, you just tap the butt of your gun, just tap, 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 and it activates the camera. And when you pull up to shoot, if you never pull the trigger, the camera does not record. The camera, well, the camera records, it doesn't save the recording. So a shot cam, birds are coming in, I'm about to shoot, you tap your gun. In fact, if you watch Jordan or Matt, a high-break sportsman, or I mean, most of the Flyways Collectives guys, including myself, you will hear that tap, tap, tap before they get ready to shoot. And that's what it is. They're activating their shot cam. If you pull the trigger, that recoil somehow signals to the shot cam to save the clip. And you can decide how long the clip is that it saves. I can't remember whether it's seven seconds, 30 seconds, but it, you can change that setting um, as, to, as to what that is. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tools. Now, what, what cameras am I using? And I'm not going to go through my entire history of cameras, but currently right now, and some of these I have to upgrade, but right now I've got the shot cam. I've got a GoPro seven, which last season set out in the decoys. Now it's, it's no longer recording sound. So I'm going to replace that one by the GoPro seven. And I had a clamp amount and I had a extended life battery and that would, that would go for six hours straight. Uh, and you'll see those types of shots in my videos all the time. If you watch, then I had a GoPro nine that I wore as a head mount. Now, in all honesty, I do not like wearing a head mount. And I may go away from it because I don't like it. I don't like worrying about tapping that thing on and off all the time. It beeps. So when you turn it on, it goes beep, beep, beep. And then if you turn it off, it goes beep, 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 beep. And it's really annoying to constantly have that beeping sound and to constantly worry about it. And so I would love to never wear that head mount again. But 
currently that that's what I did the last two seasons. The, the first six seasons of FDH, I did not use a head mount because I just didn't want to. And then I started doing it because it is really nice to have that footage of you um, pulling the, pulling the gun up and shooting like that. But it's, it is really nice to have the footage, but it's a little bit of pain in the butt. So shot cam, shot cam, GoPro seven, GoPro nine. And then my main camera is a Sony NX 80, which is, I think I got it for about $2,100 and it's a small camera. It's image quality is fantastic for the size. And you can see this from season six to season seven. If you watch my videos in freelance tech hunting season six versus season seven, you will see the image quality difference. I went from a Canon, uh, Canon Vixia G40, which is about a $1,300 camera to the, um, Sony NX 80. And it's a fantastic camera. And my goal when I'm out hunting is to be able to put the shotgun down and use the NX 80, because I love trying to get birds on video, close-ups of birds. And when I first started, well, after about season two or three of my YouTube channel, I really decided that I wanted to try to separate myself from other videos by getting close-ups of birds with, with a better camera. And I feel like I've done that, but it hasn't really made as much of an impact as what I thought it would as far as the numbers on the videos go. But I love using that camera. It's really, really fun. But if I'm hunting by myself, that camera is only going to be when I put it in my face. And so I'm going to show some highlights of where I'm at with it. I'm going to show when I'm talking and giving explanations. If I'm in my studio, well, my studio, if I'm in my podcast room, um, I, I'm going to put it on a tripod when I'm doing those types of videos. So those are the cameras that I'm running right now. And if you have any follow-up questions about cameras or anything at all of that nature, feel free to email me, freelanceduckhunting at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at freelanceduckhunting or also on Facebook. So we are going to take another really quick break, and then we'll be right back for Woody's Top 5. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Thank you for coming back again. Uh, we are going to jump right into this now. Episode number eight of Woody's Top Five. All right, boys, let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunt. It's Woody's Top Five Countdown. All right, guys, I was talking to Woody again. He's got another top five for us. So we've got him on the line here with us. Another edition of Woody's Top Five. Woody, what's going on, buddy? Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm doing great. Looking forward to see what you've got for us tonight. All right. Well, me and old Lim, boy, we, I tell you what, these bluegill have started bedding up. And me and him have been wearing them out. We've been catching this bucket fulls of bluegills and red ear, even a few little 
rock bass here and there. So pumpkin seeds. You ever catch a pumpkin seed fish? You know what I'm talking about? They look like a bluegill, but they're a little smaller, kind of orangey green color. No, we've got really nice bluegill, and I I caught them as a kid a bunch, and they're really good eating. But uh, no, I've never heard of pumpkin seed. Yeah, pumpkin seed. They're they're a little smaller than a bluegill, but they still fry up all right. Hmm. All right. Anyhow, yeah, I. Yeah, my fingers still smell a little fishy, but that's all right. Just reminds me how much fun it was. All right, uh, let's see here. Tonight, I've got a top five for you that hopefully, I, well, I imagine, no, I know you'll relate to some of these here. Uh, it's top five annoying waterfowl hunting phrases. Oh, I can't An- wait for this. Top five annoying waterfowl hunting phrases or phrases that, well, you'll see here, I Number five is, didn't go 20. Now, I mean no respect to the man himself, Mr. Rutt Daniels. If y'all don't know who Rutt Daniels is, you need to look him up, because he's a, he's a true saint of the sport. He come up with this phrase, didn't go 20. Everybody else using that phrase, y'all need to quit, because that's his phrase. Quit copying on him now. Trying to steal his glory and steal his thunder by using his phrase. If you want to come up with something different, that's fine. You want to have your own catchphrase, but don't be stealing Mr. Rutt Daniels' phrase. And he did not pay me to say that, by the way. That was just, I just, I think respect is important. And if you're stealing his phrase, you ain't respecting the man, Rutt Daniels. Anyhow, all right, number four is, if it flies, it dies. What they ought to be saying is, we're so desperate to shoot a few ducks that we'll sky bust at anything that gets within a hundred yards, and it probably ain't going to die anyhow. <laughs> right. Oh, Lord of mercy. I get so tired. If it flies, it dies, and then they throw in there, if it's brown, it's down for deer hunting, which basically means I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to shoot the first thing I see so I can go back to camp and drink beer. Oh, right. Lord have mercy. Number three. Now, I ain't never, I don't think I've ever seen a sandhill crane. I know I ain't never shot one or ate one. But I've heard people call sandhill crane the ribeye of the sky. But I've also heard people call pintails, canvasbacks, snow geese, shovelers, Canada. I've heard them call everything but a crow the ribeye of the sky. I've ate a lot of ribeye steak in my life. I ain't never ate any kind of waterfowl that I'd say tastes like a ribeye. They're good. Yeah, and I'd just right. about rather eat them than a ribeye steak. I'm not going to lie to you. But I ain't going to call it the ribeye of the sky. Give it some respect. And call it what it is. <sighs> All right. Number two. Now, this one. This in here, I, this is a little touchy topic. Now, I know. I know, I don't want to get too deep off in the weeds on this one, but number two is spray and pray. <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful. Uh, with this. I can tell you how many barrel stickers I've seen with this on there. <laughs> You're caps, caps, shirts, mud flaps. I've seen it everywhere. I'm spraying. Again, that's about as bad as if it flies, it dies. Spray and pray because we don't respect the game. We're just going to. 
throw it up there like the Germans threw up flak in World War II and hope something falls down. All right, let's move on now. Now, I got an honorable mention here, and this one, I feel like this kind of goes out to the boys over at the Freelance Duck Hunting Channel. This one is Pull the Spinner. Pull the Spinner. Now, I know how you feel about spinners, and I, I 100% agree with you on the spinner. Uh, I don't think I've ever known a time when pulling the spinner made the hunting get better. Now, I don't know. Maybe your your opinion have, may have changed in the last few months, but I don't think it probably has. I think you no, probably. It has. Have... I will say I have now had one or two times where it kind of seemed to help, but that's the best that I've ever had. Is it's kind of seemed to help. I would think it maybe on some mallards, big old greenhead mallards that have been shot at enough. Maybe if they're stale, been around long enough. I ain't never seen it make that big of a difference. I can tell you what, there's been a lot of days when I haven't had a spinner with me that I wish I had. I well, you're ruffling a few feathers right now, I can promise you. I understand is, that. I understand. People I'll are st- passionate about their their ideology when it comes to the hunting. I understand yeah. it, but I tell you what, you set up you set up the same two dozen decoys in the same field at opposite ends with the right wind and everything else. You give one bunch of guys two spinners and one bunch of guys none. I guarantee you I know where the ducks are at least going to give a look first. They may not come in and put their feet down, but they're going to give it a look first. All right, anyhow, that's, the choir. that's my honorable mention there. And number one, this is how it all got started for me. This is what launched my career into stardom the way it did. And that's the phrase, that's a stud. Elliot, I've heard, this is kind of like the ribeye of the sky deal. I've heard people, I ain't kidding you. I watched a video here a while back. These boys were shooting pigeons off the top of a barn with a pellet gun. Shot an old gray and white pigeon. Looked like every other pigeon I've ever seen in a park eating popcorn. Said, now that's a stud right there. It was a pigeon. (laughs) I've seen... I've heard people say it about geese and ducks. Now, I, now, if you shot a trophy white-tailed buck, had 180 inches of antlers, drop tine, mass, big, thick neck, big old dangling pair of, you know, Ham hocks back there in the back end. That's a stud now. Elliot, I seen a feller last year on a hunting show, and I ain't going to name it. Shot a mallard hen and called it a stud. (laughs) Do they even know what a stud is? Lord, have mercy on my soul. So, but that's how I got started in this whole deal is I was making fun of them old boys and people started liking it, started posting pictures of all kinds of hybrid ducks. And I'd go on there and they'd say, what kind of duck is this? Or what kind of hybrid is it? And so I was just kind of trolling them a little bit. I'd go on there and say, I'll tell you what that is. That right there's a stud. That son of a buck belongs on the wall. People started sending me pictures and tagging me in it, wanting me to, to say that they're bird was a stud too but that phrase drives me kind of crazy it's kind of annoying that's a stud right there 
<sighs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sorry. I told you I wasn't going to get all worked up. Now I'm at... starting to get worked up. Man, get my blood pressure going. I'm going to have to go take me a pill. Well, there you go. There's your top five of annoying waterfowl, or kind of, I guess, general hunting phrases, but really kind of waterfowl hunting phrases. This kind of drive me a little nuts. Yeah, those those are definitely good. I think I would have had in the list doing it dirty. Would oh yeah, have yeah. Been in my top five, but th- those are those are really really good ones. I I don't know what it is about our culture where it's just like things when things get kind of I don't know the right word to to everyone starts using the same phrases and uh, it's like their language people's language just changes yes i get it i, I do get that cool right oh yeah it's about like them sub gauge them sub gauge shotguns they're just infectious they start spreading like a disease <sighs> yeah right i i was thinking about that very thing today because uh jordan and i did a whole podcast about 28 gauges and the efficacy of them which i think if you are the right person there's absolutely nothing wrong with shooting a 28 gauge and i said in that episode that my fear was that it would yeah an eight-year-old girl if you're an eight-year-old girl, a 28 gauge is perfectly fine. <laughs> Otherwise, shoot a real man shotgun. Uh, Matt better not listen to this. But <laughs> I just don't. I don't like seeing the 28 gauge being a fad gun because the wrong people are going to be shooting them. The, you have to have the right the right person matched with the 20 gauge is a, is a fantastic tool, but the wrong person matched with the 20 gauge is a wounding machine. I I agree with that completely. I do honestly. So. I agree with that. All right, well, well there you thank go. you again for dropping by, buddy. I'm sure I'll give you a call, and we'll have you back on again real soon. Yeah, just give me a holler. I'm, I ain't ever not got nothing to do, especially this time of year. All right, sounds good. Well, that has been another Woody's Top 5. All right, thank you guys for being here with me on the North American Waterfowler podcast. If you want more content from me, Go on over to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. There is so much I've got going on over there. You can get exclusive videos that are only on Patreon. You can get a waterfowl video series that kind of ups your waterfowl game. You can have access to the freelance hunt stats app for free. You can get a hat um, and you can have a chance to come join the podcast with me when that Or the big thing I'm so excited about is in the end of August, we are doing a hunt giveaway where I'm going to pick one person to come and hunt with me for a weekend. And so I'm really, really excited about that. So if you do want more of either Freelance Duck Hunting or North American Waterfowler podcast, patreon.com slash Freelance Duck Hunting. Well, that's all I have for you today. On Monday, I'm really excited because I had my buddy Titus on and I'm doing a two-part series with him where I answer questions from all of you um, either on Facebook or on Instagram. So have a, a great rest of your week. You have listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast.